0: this fucking google Julie, why wouldn't a search be included
1: that's what makes us a great duo yes one of us listens one of us
0: does exactly <laughs> sometimes scary but always fun
1: <laughs> yeah you're never sure if you should take your hands off and put them up in the air <laughs> or hang on tight uh read my fucking headline bozo the clown i'm already a best-selling author Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. Defeat the Chaos is a show about the highs and the very low lows of being an entrepreneur. Whether you're looking for direction on how to be more successful, or if you're just looking for someone to share in the struggle, this is the show for you. This week, we have a very special show with two guest co-hosts joining me. It's the girl gang of Julie Cheryl Devon, and Michelle Fuller, and I am here for it. I'm actually starting to question if Corey's ever coming back to this show. It's starting to feel a little bit like abandonment over here. Nevertheless, while Corey's busy washing dishes and making tacos, this show has to go on. Does anyone think Corey stopped showing up because he's getting his ass kicked in gambling by me. I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going on, man. It'd be anyway. duct tape. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> today's show is titled 87000 reasons to be angry. If you're an <gasps> entrepreneur or a small business owner, you might want to put your CPA on speed dial because shit is about to get bumpy for all of us. All right. Michelle, Cheryl, y'all, y'all got your CPAs on speed dial?
2: <laughs> oh, I, I got it all. I got it. I'm ready. I'm ready. What do we got?
1: You're ready for it, man. All right. Listen, Let's, I, I, I don't even know why I ask. Are, are y'all okay with me starting with a little bit of a rant? Let's go. Yeah, go. Okay. Do, do you realize that the current staff of the IRS is 11,000 people? They're adding yeah, eighty-seven thousand like yeah. people. Eighty-seven thousand, I mean, honey. What? Eighty-seven thousand. Is yeah. that what you said? Eighty-seven thousand employees. They are adding. That is part of the new Inflation Reduction Act. Coincidentally, <laughs> with the acronym of IRA, you know, the Irish. Oh acronym. yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I'm Republican argue, Okay. But listen, right. uh,
1: my first question has been consistently. Where the fuck is the IRS going to find 87,000 employees? I mean, nobody else can find anybody to work. How are they going to find them? I,
2: that is a very good question. Um, you know, I, I guess this is part of the plan of reducing uh, unemployment, too, or, you know.
1: There is no unemployment, according to. Well, them.
2: yeah, I, I guess it depends on the <laughs> definition. All right. Yeah.
1: But I don't know if you ladies saw this or not. So I'm just going to read this quick headline and a little bit of the information that came with it. Because these aren't just your average everyday IRS workers. Are these
2: auditors? What,
1: what the IRS is hiring new employees as criminal investigators who are willing to carry a firearm and use deadly force. What in
2: the actual fuck? Are, are you? Ser- Wait a minute. Why? Why would you as an IRS? employed you know employed irs person why would you need to use deadly force if if, if somebody didn't pay their taxes why why would you have to, why would you have to come in and use deadly force that's like going hey let's hire another hundred thousand postal workers and give them gums you remember how we were always worried about people going postal you know why because they were Literally going into the post offices and shooting them up, the employees. You want what? What in the actual hell is going on?
1: I don't. It gets worse. So they're <laughs> looking for people. The criminal investigators or special agents are the title. They're willing to use deadly force. Carry a firearm. Duties also include willing and able to participate in arrests execution of search warrants and other dangerous assignments. I think they
2: probably could have stopped at execution the way it sounds. What what country are we living in right now that the IRS is turning into the KGB? What in the hell is going on?
1: <laughs> Third world. I, right? And here's the thing. So there are, I think the number I read was there's like 742. That's roughly someone can... Um, you know, cross fact check me on that. But um, 742, let's say 750 billionaires in this country. Okay. Right? So they say they're hiring these additional IRS agents to handle, you know, the rich. There's 750 of them that are billionaires. They need 87,000
2: weapon carrying executioners to handle 750 Billionaires in the country. Yeah. So bullshit. W- I'm going to throw a bullshit flag on that.
1: Listen. So, when, here's the thing. When, when, after they went after Trump the second time to impeach him, right, which we're, we're, go- we're going to get to the FBI in a minute here. We are, oh, we're, yeah. we're working through the three letter oh, fucking departments today. <laughs> we're, we're starting with the IRS. When, tr- after the second time they tried to impeach Trump, when he said, In reality, they're not after me. They're after you. He couldn't have been more right. Dude,
2: Mm -hmm. I feel that in my
1: soul. I just had a spill.
2: Well, it's it's spill worthy. I mean, this I'm I'm surprised we don't all have the vapors after hearing this because I did not realize this. I've I've been kind of under a rock. Well, several of them up in the Black Hills this week. And I did not hear about this IRS. bullshit. I mean, literally, that's that's like. What the heck?
1: I what I oh, No. They I, also Michelle. They also hired um or they had like 50 economists look at the Inflation Reduction Act and every single one of them reached the same conclusion. We're fucked. Anyone want to guess what's going to happen with the Inflation Reduction Act?
2: <laughs> Anyone want to increase. guess? It's going to increase by a lot. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And And, you know, Joe Manchin can eat a fucking dick like that motherfucker. If anybody thinks he's going to save us like that, that Democrat out of West Virginia needs to go because he is every time he says he's not going to do something and then he turns around and does it. So like he's it's time to get him off the bus. They've got to have
2: pictures of him like, you know, jacking off an elephant or something, because (laughs) I just you know, he he wants to you you can tell he kind of wants to come over to the commonsensical side and then something happens. So I, I got a funny feeling that you know you've got Pelosi and Schumer sitting there with with the big old eight by ten glossies of him jacking yep, off an elephant yep. going, nope, you can't do it. Can't do it. I agree. They have something on him. It's just my my Some, opinion there.
1: Somebody, all right, yeah. So um, I, honestly, small business is just—they're coming after small business. That is exactly what they don't—they want—they don't want the middle class, right? They want us dependent on, um, on on the government, and that's why you know when Andy when Andy Frasilla says that personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion, he is not wrong. Right? He is not wrong. It is our responsibility yep. for personal excellence at this point. Responsibility to do it. I could survive more.
2: Mm -hmm. It's definitely survival at this point because it's either, you know, that that whole um, bourgeoisie government, the oligarchy coming at us and then the low class or, you know, with no freedoms or we 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 have to be we have to be excellent. We have to personally exceed in every single way just to stay alive. At this point, it is it's survivalist.
1: It's Mm -hmm. survivalist mentality. It it really is. Um, yeah, so let's 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 talk about uh the good old DOJ and the FBI. I told you the other oh acronyms gosh. are getting it hard today. Like what the hell? They've Jesus. weaponized
2: everything. They have yeah. weaponized everything. Mm-hmm. Because they're afraid of what's coming in twenty twenty four. As how they should be. They should be afraid of what's happening. Here this year with midterms, they're about to lose their asses. And so they are taking they're taking their power in every way. And now with lethal force, apparently.
1: Well, you know, I'm a big fan of um, anybody who builds their own pirate ship. So Andy Frasilla, Adam Carolla, uh, Trey Clavis, Trey Clavis. That's Clay Travis. I don't know what the fuck just happened there. Um, well, mini stroke, but Clay Travis, like they built their own pirate ships, right? Cannot take them down. They are, they are the real deal. They are here and they are, um, in my opinion, pretty much like Teflon, indestructible. Uh-huh. But Clay Travis re- has been saying for months now that he believes the only way out of this for the Democrats for weaponizing everything they're doing is uh, they're going to have to arrest. Hunter Biden. Right? They can't because yeah. arresting Hunter Biden and probably they will arrest Donald Trump but they don't I don't I don't believe they have anything on him but they're they're no. Yeah. They they've,
2: they've it, got to take Hunter in. That's the only way to get get around this.
1: You know what's crazy? When you just think about the fact that you know they know that what Hillary did with the emails, right? They know. They know yeah. that. Did, did, did you all see what that like whore did with the like, she's literally selling merch that says, but her emails and she is like fucking making money off of the fact that she was basically committed espionage
2: and got away with it
1: and yeah. got away with it. So yeah. they never even, they didn't even execute a search warrant on that one. No, right?
2: they,
3: just at that point. What? Again? they just ignored it. They just ignored it.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: and it's because she had I mean, they had everybody Obama had put everybody in there. They had already weaponized mm. all of these agencies. It's it's it was done before Trump ever took office. Yeah. this is all we just didn't know it until I mean, I mean it, it's now it's just brazen right now. It- it's just brazen.
1: And I didn't realize that Garrick Marlin has such a or is it Marlon Garrick? No, it's Garrick Marlin. I don't know what's <laughs> happening with my names today, um, has such a vendetta against Trump because. Oh. oh, yeah. Because Trump removed him from consideration for a Supreme Court judge. Can you imagine that motherfucker sitting on the on the bench?
2: Oh, he's he he wants blood. And and the mm-hmm. saddest part is the way they're weaponizing everything um, I think they're going to get it. So since we're jumping in with DOJ and FBI, and those horrible three letter words. That's the next thing, because they are so terrified that the day is going to come that, you know, it is going to be any day that he announces Trump is going to run for 2024. That's why they went to Mar-a-Lago after Trump had been working with them, cooperating fully on this this bullshit stuff about, oh, he didn't handle He didn't handle, you know, classify documents the right way and blah, blah, blah. So they break in. And this this is what's important for people, whether you are conservative, liberal, somewhere in the middle, somewhere in outer space. This is the part you need to understand. So get your Crayolas out (laughs) if they are going ahead and breaking in to his place at Mar-a-Lago for whatever reason they want and breaking into his safe after he's been cooperating because they are so fucking desperate to take him down. Now they weaponized the IRS. I'm finding out. And if it, it set all this precedence, they will come at you. Mm-hmm. What's to stop them from walking into your lovely 2000 square foot, three bedroom, two bathroom ranch house in the middle of nowhere? for whatever reason they want to, to find something that really isn't there to prevent you from having a voice, from having an opinion, from having a lifestyle, from having a life. Because once they do it once, the precedence is set for whomever is in power. And they don't give a shit whether you voted for them or not. If you're in their way or you have something they want, yeah. They're going to come. And if they don't find anything, the next thing that they're talking about now with Trump is they're He's he better be on 24 hour head swivel alert because they're coming to I'm just going to say it. They're coming to Hillary. him. They're going to Epstein him because they don't have anything else. He is a target right now, literally a target. They're going to try to kill him. I said it and I meant it.
1: Oh, I've actually saw several stories or articles about how that's their, the single biggest fear right now is that they're, that he is going to end up assassinated.
3: Wow. It's, I heard that one. That is scary as fuck.
1: It is unprecedented what is happening right now. And, you know, we, we use the word unprecedented a lot in, like in our, you know, English language, but literally this is unprecedented. Like it is not. This has not happened before.
2: We're we officially a third world country at this point.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it it it's ridiculous that we have, you know, there's there's a lot of calls right now from people to disband the FBI. Well, for sure, they can now. I mean, they weaponize the IRS. Who cares? I got the DOJ in their their pocket. You've got Garrett Moreland, who who's just on his personal vendetta. Why? Why would they need the FBI at this point? I mean. The the whole every single government agency at this point, barring the DoD, and I'm concerned about what's going to happen there. But every other government agency seems to be, you know, American KGB, American Gestapo. What in God's name? Uh, where are
1: we? Yeah, listen. And why are people not awake? And they think we're stupid because
3: <laughs> they 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 think we're stupid. They're literally well, some people are, sweetheart. Some people are.
1: Yes, that's
2: you are spot on. Yes. <laughs>
3: yes, they're
1: very, they're, they're not even trying to hide anymore what they're doing, right? They're so brazen. And, and I listen, I love Ducey when he he goes so hard at the press secretary now. And oh, just, he is fire. He really, Peter is. Ducey is,
2: is kind of, he's, he's sort of a dream man right now for me. <laughs> <Peter> <laughs> Ducey.
1: Right. When he's like literally trying to tell, like, expl- and I can't, I don't even know her name, the new, Press secretary's name? I
2: don't know. Reggie Ann's replacement.
1: Yeah, when he says to you know he he's like, how can you possibly say that gas going down gas at like you know four ten a gallon or whatever it is is a win? And she's like, because it was at five dollars a gallon. He's like, you put you it did there. this. It's like the sticker that you see. I did this. You know, hello. You did that. Yeah. Um, the they emperor think- has no clothes. Yeah, they think we're dumb, though. Like they're telling us like Biden didn't know they were going to raid Trump's house. Stop it. Well, he might Stop not. Have.
2: I don't think he knows, you know, what he's what oatmeal flavor he's eating in the morning.
1: <laughs> have, you all, have you all seen the video, the meme of him like trying to put his coat on after he gets off of the helicopter, after he gets off Marine One? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when
2: mommy's going ahead and helping him out there, it just it's the saddest <laughs> thing. It's the, saddest the circus
1: thing. music behind it. <laughs> you gotta send that to me. <laughs> <laughs> of, oh my god! And I'm like, this is our president, and I'm like, literally, like, crying, laughing at it.
2: His presidency is elderly abuse. At this point, we're just watching what happens when you decide to abuse the elderly and the the mentally frail. This the, we're just watching it in prime time. I know totally.
1: We could get a playbook on this. Right? Oh, my
2: gosh. It's terrible. What, what, what to look for, you know, when you're destroying a country.
1: Yeah. How to destroy a country like rapidly in 30 days. Yeah. All right. Well, we're coming up on a break. So I think in the next segment, we're probably let's dive a little. Let's steer a little bit away from politics. Although, you know, listen, I, I love these conversations. Let's steer a little bit away from politics and let's dive into what Michelle's been up to and what makes her so fucking amazing and um we might even spill the beans on something big that michelle and i have been working on what yeah all right so we will be right back after the break and you're gonna want to come back
0: Hey everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram.
1: Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses.
0: And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand.
1: Oh, and we record live, so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here: Voice America Business Network.
1: All right. Welcome back to the show. I'm not going to lie. I still get really jazzed up about our like intro music. I just feel like it's, you know, it's got a nice beat to it. And it kind of makes me feel like let's fucking go LFG. Yes. I dance to it. I like it. Yeah. Let's dive into everything you could ever want to know about Michelle Fuller. (laughs) Not
3: everything.
2: (laughs) Oh, come on. Bear it all. Let's let's hear it. I want to hear it.
1: So, Michelle, you are um, a transformational coach, right? Right. That's the appropriate yeah. title. Yeah. yeah. So what the fuck does that mean? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, to be honest, I thought it sounded way cooler than life coach. Yeah, man. I would have shunned you for life coach. We yeah. yeah. Life coach conversation. Works. Yes. Yeah. So 47 years old, I think that I have the absolute right to call myself a transformation coach nearly five decades on this planet has given me lots and lots of experience so what I do is I help women specifically transform their lives and the way that I do that is I help them work on their mindset because mindset is the real flex
1: mindset is the real flex I like that absolutely I love that quote.
3: So I, like, you know, I'm a huge fan
1: of yours. I <laughs> I just love being in your presence and like talking to you. And sometimes it just, you know, I'm amazed at the wisdom that you have because you just, you see things so clearly. And I love that you're just, listen, you're, you're, you um, your you go by one bold MFR, right? One bold MFR. I MF. do.
3: Yeah. I have the best initials.
1: Yes. You really, really, <laughs> you, yeah. when you, when you say that, yeah, I'm
2: now I'm, I'm more than a little jealous. I won't lie. That's beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you're just, you have this wisdom and you have this, you're very, I, I would say I would call it compassionately direct.
3: Yes. I would you, agree with that. That's, that's good. You very blunt.
1: Trademark that. That's good, Julie. Yeah. yeah that's very good. But yeah just compassionately direct. So you always uh-huh. know, you you know what's coming, but it's, and it's, there's just such like these nuggets of wisdom. And I, I don't know, I just, I, I just love listening to you explain things and talk about your experiences and, and the different ways to look at things, because I always learn something whenever we're having a conversation where I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I never thought about that. Right. And it kind of conversations with you teach me to look at the other side of a situation, right? Have you considered this, right? Which is really nice because we can become pretty myopic in the way that we think and look at things. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So how do you, what are, what are things that you, um, what are some things that you help people with?
3: Well, to tell you what I help people with, I'm just going to share a little bit of my backstory. I, I, I watered myself down my entire life. I really, really settled in life and love. I started out as an awkward, freckled, freckle-faced, Annie lookalike, strawberry blonde hair. I am naturally introverted, but I was extremely shy. I had a toxic relationship with my mom. She got sick when I was 10 years old and she passed away when I was 14. She was only 36. We just never had the chance to resolve any of that. And off I went to high school and then off I went to two failed marriages. I was a single mom, the majority of both of my kids' lives. And through the just ridiculousness of my romantic relationships, just five years ago, I hit my emotional knees. And when I mean I hit my emotional knees, I was like in my bed in a sea of tissues I was unshowered, unkept, and there was a lot of coffee cups in my room. (laughs) I mean, It was a very sad state. Imagine that. And I'm also trying to take care of my children. What I did was reach out for help. I could have stayed in that fetal position and I really wanted to because I was so heartbroken. But what I realized on the other side, and this is what I always say, your best life is on the other side of the things you avoid. That's where the that's, magic is. That's powerful. Say
2: that, say that one more time for for the ones that are a little slower with the Crayolas, because seriously, that that's gold right there. Say that one more time.
3: Your best life is on the other side of the things you avoid. And so as a
2: transformational coach, I think it's it's correct me if I'm wrong, you can transform either to a better place where you mm-hmm. wake up that one day or you can transform into being surrounded by coffee cups in a fetal position. The choice is yours. Am I am I correct in, in
3: thinking that or? Yeah, I mean, transformation for me is really pivotal to the person that you say that you wanna be. I truly believe that all of us, our goal goal, focused humans. We love to have goals and we feel the most empowered when we are pursuing them. The thing that most women don't realize, and this was especially true for me, and it's why I only work with women, is that we have been taught that we have to settle in life or love or both. We are taught to be not too much, not to be too loud to be seen, but not heard. Maybe that's not the story for every woman, but it was definitely the story for me. And because I believed I had to settle, I did all of the very safe things. Or so I thought I got the safe job. I got the house. I did those things because I was extremely driven and thank fucking God I was. However, when it came to relationships, complete shit show. Complete, absolute shit show. I don't even know a better way to explain it. So two failed marriages, five years ago, I ended a relationship that I had been in for a year and a half. And by the way, that is one year uh, and a half too long. So but I stayed and I, (laughs) I continued to stay with people who were unhealthy and toxic and treated me, frankly, like absolute shit. That, that's, you know, that's the thing that I've never figured
2: out is, is why we do that and make, is it, do you think that the biggest downfall for women in particular, but it could be for anyone, is that, and, I, and Julie and I had talked about this on, uh, previously, I think last week, that the biggest, the biggest obstacle in the way of our greatness and transforming into something fantastic is not, we're not after the pursuit of happiness. We're after the pursuit of comfort. And, and it comes from, from that fear from, and it it's fear that's, that's taught to us, you know, be afraid of being too loud or being seen or being heard or being too much or being too bossy is how do you, how do you just teach somebody to, to wake up from that? What, what,
3: tell me more about this, Michelle. I, w- I want to hear it. I'm a why person. Julie knows this. I love the question why, because that's where all of the answers that you're seeking are. When I start out with women clients, the first thing that I do is send them a questionnaire and it is completely centered around their childhood, their relationship with their mom, their dad, or whoever raised them. Uh, what stories they came out of that childhood with? So things like that would include: What did you always hear your mom say? What did you always hear your dad say? There's
1: people starving in Africa. Finish your beans.
3: Exactly. But it's it's you know what I heard all the time that I can think of right off the top of my head is shut the front door. We don't live in a barn. But it's those kind of things that I you didn't hear. Get that. You didn't get. I always got (laughs) Cheryl Lynn. I didn't raise you like that. Oh, my middle name is what I got
2: (laughs) to this day. I can hear mom going, Cheryl Lynn. I didn't raise you like that. All right. And then then hearing, you know, I failed. I failed with my children. I failed with my children. I'm like, okay, I I can see why you say that about Scott. But why? Why would you say that about me? I, I don't understand that one. That's what I got to hear is I failed. I have failed as a parent all the time.
1: You know, I just want to like jump in here. I love, so I didn't, I, I, I'm learning now because I didn't know that you, you send this questionnaire out, Michelle, which I love. And, you know, little, mm-hmm. um, I'm in the, the process of doing this like five week course. It's just called, it's called the origins of you. Right. And it's all about going into your family of origin and it is hard fucking work. So Michelle, I understand now why, what you do works really well, because it, it it's hard work when you go back to your family, but I'm on this part where we're looking at conflict and I, I think Michelle, we might've talked about this just the other day. We're talking about conflict and, you know, sort of like how, how I handle conflict in my life now, but you have to go all the way back to when you were a kid and think about the way that your parents had conflict and what I like realized. And I literally had to text my sister to be like, am I, am I fucking insane? Am I making this shit up? Because I don't ever remember I know my parents fought, so I'm not glamorizing their marriage. They fought, I don't understand why they were married. I never remember an argument. I never heard an argument. All I saw was the response or the reaction to the argument, which was my mother would stop talking for some period of time to everybody in the family. And it could be, well, it was never as short as a day. It was usually at least three days. Sometimes it was three months where she just didn't speak to anybody. And then one day, she would just be over it. And you know, I I have always known that there was that the the silent treat. She weaponized silence, right? And I've I've always known that. So I don't do well when people freeze me out when they give me the silent treatment. I don't handle it well. It's a trigger for me. But what I didn't realize was I never I didn't have anybody who modeled good conflict, conflict resolution. I don't know how they resolve their conflicts. Did she just wait until she was over? And I like, I still don't know. I think I'm fairly good with conflict, but like understanding like how my parents dealt with conflict, like looking in that and going like, what the fuck were you doing? Right. And then that's a hill that if you want to have, if I want to have healthy relationships with anybody, with my siblings, with, you know, with my friends with, you know, romantic, whatever it is with in business, I literally yeah, I have to know how to have conflict. So I like how to teach myself how to have conflict, how to have healthy conflict, because I never saw it. For all I know, like I don't I don't know what they fought over or how they solved it. Like, how fucking weird is that? Yeah, no, that's not weird.
2: No, that just makes total sense to mm-hmm. me now. So in so many ways, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking through things and and going back to I mean Julie Julie and I we knew each other as kids so we know what was messed up in each other's families and as I think back it explains a lot of the triggers that I have now in my relationship in my marriage and the relationships I have just in general where you know in 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 my family there was a lot of there was a lot of physical abuse and one of the ways that you kept yourself safe was you found ways to put yourself out there so if they went to touch you everybody would know it's it's why i did theater it's why i was you know in the middle of 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 pub, the public nobody nobody could touch me then because somebody would see it and you always find that that one thing that you can kind of use almost almost as a blackmail thing in your relationships to prevent you from getting hurt and i didn't realize it until just now you you both gave me just this huge breakthrough and now I got to work through this. I want to thank you and, and curse you at the same time, you know? So this, no, that's, Julie, that, what you came out with was amazing. That's, that's thought provoking. That's something that, that we all can take away and start picking through. And, and that ties into what you do, Michelle.
3: Holy yeah, hell. Because that's we're how- all coping and we don't know that we are. We are all living out the lives of the young girls that we were based on what we saw and what we believed about what we saw. And until you go back in time and you start peeling back the layers of what you saw and what that means and what that meant to you and how that's impacted your life, you're not really going to be able to create the change in your life that you want. It's all rooted in your Um. childhood all of it and what's crazy
1: all of it when you think about you know uh, i know we've only got a, you know a few minutes here before break but Um, And we can certainly carry this conversation on after break, but one of the other big things and is when you think about the um, role that you played in your family as a child and, and what you thought that role meant to the family system, right? So if you changed, then you would disrupt the system and you had no idea what was coming. So even if you were living in pure chaos and pure hell, if you changed your role, then the system would be disrupted and you don't know if it was going to be disrupted for good or bad. And so you just stuck to your role and literally like, I only just realized through this, you know, origins of you course that the role I played in our family system was to not have needs. If I thought if I wasn't seen, if I didn't have any needs, I could stay out of the line of fire. I could prevent arguments. I could prevent my mom from leaving. I could prevent my mom from the silent treatment, which were her two things that she did when she was mad. She would pack her shit and leave, or she would give us the silent treatment. So I just was like, I'm not going to have any needs. I don't need anything from anybody. Well, let me tell you how bad that plays out as an adult when you're trying to have healthy relationships and you pretend pretend you don't have any needs. It's really hard to Fucking feel good. Really yeah. hard. Yeah.
2: It's that that pursuit of comfort and mm-hmm. and the fear factor that it just you end up being happily ever miserable. And that's that's something that, you know, Julie's experiencing now and learning. It's something that I'm I'm learning as a result through her and and now through you. It, and I think it, it we all need to kind of stop being afraid and, and kind of turn a couple of pages, chapters back and take a good hard look at it, it's tough. But if you wanna feel better, you you gotta go back to those pages and start rereading those chapters.
1: It's excruciating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like typically what's your, when you're working with, you work one-on-one with people, I'm guessing? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and like what's the average time that it takes for somebody to like start seeing some breakthroughs or experiencing change? Not how long you work with them, but how quickly or how slowly is the process?
3: Yeah, so I just did a social post about this, but change is measurable to the extent of the effort that you put in because I have clients who are total kick-ass and they will do what I tell them to do and they will move on it immediately. And then I have other clients who will not, who do not take my advice, who do not move, who ask more questions, who are really hesitant. And change is in direct proportion to the actions that you take. And if you pay for a coach, by the way, you should be doing the things that they tell you to do.
2: Mm,
1: One agreed. Agreed. One hundred
3: percent agreement.
2: One hundred percent.
3: Yeah. And
1: and that's where the whole concept of like firing like your clients comes in. Right. Yep. Oh,
3: so, God. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. You got
1: you to be prepared to do that. So, all right. We are coming up. We're bumping up against a break here. Um, I love this conversation. This is extremely uh, well. One, it's interesting to me because I'm doing a lot of this work right now. But also, I just love to hear you spew your knowledge. And it's been really fun to see Cheryl have some breakthroughs. So we're going to come back right after the break. And we're gonna dive in more. And I think next segment, we're gonna reveal, we're gonna we're gonna tell you about a big thing that Michelle and I've been working on. And actually Cheryl played a role in it as well. So she did. Exciting. <laughs>
0: Hey, everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram.
1: Yeah, scram, losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses.
0: And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand.
1: Oh, and we record live. So there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time.
0: it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
2: All right. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. I'm Cheryl Devon, the guest co-host with The Mostish, along with our rock star host, Julie Traxler, and special guest co-host, Michelle Fuller. We are... Uh, I think blood pressures have gone through the roof today. We have had breakthroughs. I'm ready to both scream, cry and celebrate all at one time. I hope you are too. We've got, we've had two great segments. We are ready to roll into more, more fire and a
1: few surprises. Yeah. A few surprises. So, um, I was probably like a month ago, month and a half ago, Michelle, I shot you a text and just asked you if you had time to talk because I wanted to ask you something. And you intuitively knew what I was going to ask you.
3: It was Uh, very serendipitous. It really was kismet, man.
1: Uh, And we decided to I asked her if she wanted to do a podcast with me. Like it was just launch a podcast. And uh, I can tell you that part of the reason was one of the podcasts that I really enjoy listening to. And I was going to sound really, it's not, it's not weird, but I love listening to, so um, Clarissa Thompson, Clarissa Thompson and Aaron Andrews have a podcast called Calm Down. And it just makes me laugh because it's just like listening to, it's like being friends with them and being in the room with them. And I, it's just, it's silliness, it's stories, and I really enjoy it. And I was like, I want to do a girl podcast and I want to do it with Michelle. So I asked Michelle and we were like, yeah, let's do it. Both all in. And we have um, our, it comes out tomorrow. The podcast launches tomorrow. Yay. Are you yes. serious? It launches yes, tomorrow. tomorrow? Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to hear this. It is called Otherwise Undamaged. And I would love to if you guys are up for it. Do you guys mind if I play the intro? Let everybody hear. uh it. yes, yeah, I'm I'm All always right. good with and, it. And and by the way, Cheryl recorded the intro for us, and it is just amazing. Perfect. Okay. Here it comes. It's like thirty seconds in length. So here you go. This quick. That's not the one. That's that, that's not it. <laughs> that's my that's other podcast. Uh, You're just sorry. a broadcasting guru. <laughs> I know. Let me just make sure. I okay. Here we go. Here it is. We all carry the baggage we
2: accumulate over the course of our lives. And sometimes we need an ear to turn to for a little help. If you're looking for a certified counselor, you won't find that here. They aren't certified nor licensed. They aren't therapists. How some days they barely hold it together as adults. What they are are two women navigating personal growth, forgiveness, heartbreak, failed relationships, and life. All the things that we can relate to. They are otherwise undamaged.
1: That's the intro. It's amazing, right? It's absolute fire.
2: It was it was fun to do. It was yeah. it was fun to to put that one together because you know I Julie I know you I know I know you and Michelle I'm getting to know you and I'm I'm sitting back going these two are going to be absolutely freaking hilarious but they're going to give such good information and that's what I wanted wanted for your intro i think that needed to come through that you're just as fucked up as the rest of us but you've got good takeaways that you know we can we can all use
1: yeah we so we've recorded um just only three episodes so far we have like the trailer episode which drops tomorrow and episode one which is called Clown days and record players. Oh hell no, no (laughs) clowns, no, 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 no. Um, But it's actually about our first heartbreaks, is what the first episode is about, and um, it is. It was is good. The second episode, very good. Yeah, the second episode, which we recorded earlier this week, which drops next Friday, the nineteenth. That one was really challenging for me to get. I almost cried. Like I almost cried in that one. Mm -hmm. We talked about surrender and.
2: Oh, um,
1: so there, you know, this is, this is deep stuff. This really, this podcast centers around the struggles that we go through and the work that you do to get to the other side. Right. So it is there. I don't think we haven't recorded anything funny yet. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> at some point we probably will.
2: You'll have snark. I know you'll have snark.
1: But so far it's been absolutely about doing the work, I think. Yeah. right? Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, it's, it's a serious um, conversation between two women who have had different challenges in their life and who are working to overcome them. And by our work to overcome them, we then become the um, invitation for other women to do the same, right? Because I think a lot of women truly believe they're alone in that struggle. They believe they're on that island and no one else could ever understand what they experienced. I think it's really important with this podcast especially that you know that not only can you overcome the bullshit that you've been through and I mean it is, right? It is. Um but you can thrive on the other side of it. You can overcome the things that you've been through, the stories that you believed, the crap that someone told you, you know, the things that you settled for. I'm totally against all that crap because I lived it. And Julie has too. We've all settled in different areas of our life. And this podcast is really the opportunity for Julie and I to come together and share our stories and not only share them with you so you know you're not alone, but to also give you the things, the tools that we used to navigate our own journey.
2: You are definitely going to recognize yourself in this podcast. You're going to hear things that you sit back and go, Oh my God, that happened to me. That's exactly what I'm going through right now. And it's a really good opportunity to you know take pieces and learn for yourself how to get where Julie and Michelle are going. So I think I think you're really gonna enjoy tuning in and it you said first episode drops tomorrow, correct?
1: Yes mm-hmm. Yeah yes the first episode drops tomorrow and um, I we're really, really putting ourselves out there on this one, right? Mm-hmm. Really putting ourselves out there. This is like vulnerability on display and um, not and not vulnerability for the sake of vulnerability. Like a lot of times, like on the first episode with the, you know, clown days and record players and talking about our first heartbreak, we knew where that one was going, right? Mm-hmm. Because we had discussed, let's talk about our first heartbreaks, Right. And, you know, you a lot of people tend to think first heartbreak, that's going to be like a boy or a girl, right? That's a, that's a romantic relationship. And maybe you were like in ninth grade and, you know, maybe Andy Fogarty never, ever reciprocated your love.
2: I still remember Jay Denny's phone number. He <laughs> never called
1: right? me. But there's no way in hell that was your actual first heartbreak. Uh-uh. There's no way. It was probably your mom or your dad and pro- most yeah. likely your mom. Mm-hmm. For me, it was my dad.
2: It was my dad for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So,
1: and, and, you know, pinpointing a story, the story that actually correlates with when that heartbreak first happened is really, really powerful because then you have the opportunity to start to rewrite that story. Mm-hmm.
2: It's, it's almost like you need, you need to raise your white flag in order to get to the checkered flag in your life.
1: Mm, that's nice. At least, nice. Lisa Mac would appreciate that. That's a nice racing metaphor right there.
3: Yeah, Thank I like you. that Thank
2: analogy. You. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it just it just kind of hit me. I thought I'd share that. Go ahead and use that. Thank you. Know. you. Yeah, that's that's a
1: gift. <laughs> I really I really appreciate that. And that's like no problem. And that's like Michelle. You can totally have compassionately direct. Like that's you know, you can use that. We're all about the giving.
3: <laughs> we are. We are givers. <laughs> givers. So We're but here. this
1: the second episode that we recorded called the surrender experiment which again drops on the 19th of this month we I had no idea where that one was going. I did not know and I it became very clear fairly early on that I was going to have to tell the story that I wanted to. I didn't have to. I wanted to tell the story of the surrender that I have been experiencing this summer. And this has been, as you know, Cheryl, and you know, Michelle, an incredibly difficult summer for me. And I've had to surrender to some things that honestly I didn't think I would ever have to. And it was really hard to tell that story. But I. Julie, just in this, in
2: just in a a few short weeks, Julie, the trans, the transformation that I'm seeing is one of the most incredible butterfly stories I've ever witnessed. I mean, you, you are truly coming out of, of that chrysalis. And, and maybe your wings are still a little wet, but damn, girl, you are going to be the most amazing butterfly soaring, just just even in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it's totally agree. It, it's beautiful. It's, it, it's phenomenal. It's inspiring.
1: Well, I appreciate that because I feel like I'm still like in the muck and the thick and the like gross of it. And, you know, I still... But I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate that. And I guess everybody's going to have to tune into, you know, uh, otherwise undamaged to hear the story. Um, but you know, at some point we'll have to talk about it on this radio show because yeah. this is, cause there is yeah. a, there is a correlation and a cross impact here.
3: Yeah. I want to add, um, something about the podcast. So women, uh, this podcast was podcast was created for you. So you know that not only is your story important, that self-growth and personal development are going to be the key to you getting to where you want to be. But I also want to state something else. We are not victims. Julie and I did not start this podcast to live in victimhood. We started this podcast because we want to empower you to get the hell out of there. Because listen, you will never create your best fucking life, blaming someone else for how you show up. Amen. Ever. There you go. Ever.
2: Friends, <laughs> but but it's, it's true. You're only a victim if you choose to be.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And it's if you're not taking responsibility, then you're not moving. And if you're not moving, you're staying the same. And so if you're complaining, guess what? That's on you. 100%. I,
2: I think men can learn from this podcast as well. It's I mean, it's <laughs> for women, but I think there's a lot of men that probably need to hear the same message.
3: Oh, can we make masculinity cool again? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Can we make that a thing?
2: Yes.
1: Yes. yes. All right. So listen, we are, we're coming down to the tail end here. Less, less than two minutes left. I just love and adore both of you so much. And I am so grateful that you have both Co hosted this show with me today. And I would honestly like Cheryl, I know you're coming back the entire month, and I'm going to try and get yeah. into coming back even more. <laughs> Michelle, She's I,
3: awesome. I would oh, lo- love you to come back.
1: I would love you to come back. I think Cheryl would be on board for that too. This is just, yeah, been, you better. <laughs> this has been a ton of fun, and we can talk about, you know, whatever we want because it's my fucking show. I can do what I want. That's I right, do so I want. I want. <laughs> Um, And then the second thing is, Please, please, please tell everyone how they can find you. Go ahead, Michelle.
3: Oh, me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's one bold underscore MF. You can jump on my web- website, which is also one bold MF.com. Those are probably the two best ways to follow me. I'm also on Facebook uh, under Michelle Fuller. Uh, I am standing to the side with a, big pink background because it is my very favorite color.
1: Awesome. Excellent. And, and Cheryl, they can find you at speakingwithshare.com. with speaking with
2: share S H E R. I'm spelling it for our uh, old high school classmates who can't spell my name, but uh, yeah, <laughs> speaking with speaking with or you can find me across social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, all of them speaking all with share. Yeah. All the things.
1: Many of the people that we went to high school with ride the struggle bus. All right. We have got to wrap up. I love you. I love you listeners. Thank you everybody for tuning in. And this was a, this was so fun. It was really fun. And we will be back next week live with another episode of defeat the chaos. Thanks everybody.